0: Well every blessing to you all and welcome back to my open air pulpit. 20 degrees Celsius feels like summer is almost here but for now we enjoy our spring in the UK and praise the Lord for that and therefore welcome back to my open air pulpit. it's always a joy to come up to my open air pulpits and I'm currently working my way through the Old Testament not only recording Exodus but also reading the Old Testament and I'm currently at the middle part of the book of psalms and yes one of my goals lord willing will be to record uh, the book of psalms been a goal for maybe four or five years and i hope to one day do just that but i was reading esther maybe 10 days ago or so chapters 6 and 7 and i was thinking about that novel from charles dickens which was turned into a movie great expectations we've all had goals we've all had dreams We've all been expecting this or that to come our way. We all hope for the best and many times plan for the worst. But as I was reading Esther uh, 6 and 7, I could not think about some of my goals and dreams going back 20, maybe 25 years ago, long before I was saved. And uh, reading the tiny book back in the Old Testament concerning uh, Haman, I thought it would be good to come to the open air pulpits and look at two chapters 6 1 on that night could not the king sleep and he commanded to bring the book of records of the chronicles and they were read before the king you're way back in the old testament you got a gentile king and a jewish queen the queen of course represents christ the king represents the church he can't sleep and they always say this, why can't you sleep? Have you got a bad conscience? Not always, not always. Sometimes people don't sleep based on their diet. Maybe they are diabetic, maybe they are overweight. If some people lost a bit of weight, if some people reduced the sugar in their bloodstream, they might sleep a lot better. But of course, there's a reason why this Gentile king is unable to sleep, like Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel, back in the book of Daniel, And it's quite simply down to the fact that the Lord wants to get his attention. And if you think about what happens when people don't sleep, they are uh, moody, emotional, can't concentrate. On that night, could not the king sleep? And he commanded to bring the book of the book of records of the chronicles. And they were read before the king. Where the word of a king is, there is power. I can't sleep. Get me the chronicles, get me the books. I want to know something about something so and so forth this also reinforces the reality that god sees and hears everything revelation chapter 20 the books are opened one book for the saved another book for the lost second corinthians chapter 5 the judgment seat of christ and those that are saved will have to appear at the judgment seat of christ to be judged concerning the evil the good concerning our deeds done in the flesh post our salvation king could not sleep commanded to bring the book or records of the chronicles and they were read before the king so again this goes back to nebuchadnezzar he couldn't sleep one night lost his appetite tossing and turning pacing up and down the corridors daniel was in captivity cool as a cucumber had the perfect peace which passed all understanding But old Nebuchadnezzar wasn't able to enjoy a good night's sleep and nor too could this gentile king. Look at verse 2. And it was found written that Mordecai had told of Bithana and Teresh, two of the king's chamberlains, the keepers of the door, who sought to lay hand on the king Ahasuerus. So Mordecai would do a good deed, a good turn as we say. And for a period of time, he wasn't rewarded concerning a plot to assassinate the king. Bigthana and Teresh, two of the king's lieutenants, if you will, were aware of Mordecai's good deed, picturing Christians who continue to do good, continue to live right, continue to get the gospel out. And Paul told you over in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 how nothing you do is ever in vain. So therefore keep on doing good keep on trying to live right keep on getting the gospel out so on and so forth because one day at the judgment seat of christ you'll be rewarded or those that get saved in the tribulation uh, revelation chapter 20 will be rewarded at the great white throne judgment and the king said verse 3 what honor and dignity hath been done to mordecai for this but then said the king's servants that ministered unto him there is nothing done for him So Mordecai, a Jew, uncle to Esther, like I say, was aware of a plot to assassinate the king and just for the record, Christians shouldn't be too political but of course we are way back in the Old Testament, Joseph was very political, Daniel was very political and so too was Mordecai. This is what we call a theocracy. The Jews are in captivity and when the Jews get into power and authority, there is peace and stability but when the Jews are kicked out of positions of authority and honour, or influence, shall we say, then it starts to go south, as they say. But here nothing is done for him, and the king is unhappy about this. Going back to how the Lord sees and hears everything, Romans 8:28, how all things work together for good to those that love God, to those which are the called according to his purpose. It's very easy. lose heart it's very easy to get discouraged it's very easy to lose your way for a while it's very easy not to do good and do evil you you, you try and do good you try and do good all of the time and abstain from evil it's difficult it's like a meal it's very easy to eat uh, to eat junk food it's very easy but you spend 25 30 minutes 35 40 minutes cooking a proper meal it takes time it takes preparation verse 4 and the king said who is in the court now Haman was come into the outward courts of the king's house to speak unto the king to hang Mordecai on the gallows that he had prepared for him so this good man being Mordecai picturing a Christian who's lived a faithful life all of his or her life and hasn't been rewarded in the here and now for what they have done is about to be rewarded on top of that you've got a character called Haman a bad man a bit like Fagan over in Oliver Twist another Dickens classic of course you know every storyline is a copy from the bible you know that of course the bad man in movies plays soap operas is a picture of the devil the good man of course is a picture of Christ and the damsel in distress is a picture of the church of course but here, Haman, verse 4, wants to hang Mordecai on the gallows, which he had prepared for him. But old Ahasuerus, from verse 2, has been kept awake all night. God is working in the background. He is laying the foundation for Mordecai to be elevated and Haman to be de elevated, if there's such a word and basically this goes back to again the Great White Throne Judgment books are going to be opened, those that were saved in the tribulation are going to be rewarded and off they go into eternity Judgment seat of Christ, those that have been faithful post their salvation have walked with the saviour perpetually in an almost spotless manner which is possible but it's very difficult are going to get probably five crowns some will get four, some will get three, some will get two, some will get one It goes back again to my meal analogy it's easy to eat junk food very quick isn't it very quick but you spend 45 minutes cooking a proper meal it takes time you can't rush it verse 5 and the king's servants said unto him behold haman standeth in a court and the king said let him come in so haman had great expectations haman had goals haman was reaching but the stars the like they say but will be brought down to hell a bit like the devil i'll be like the most high i will ascend to the stars far north isaiah 14 and christ says you'll be brought down to hell so on and so forth this reminds me of a guy that we knew many years ago patrick and i he was an actor professionally trained went to rada and he was in some british soaps not a bad actor not bad at all and he thought one day maybe perhaps he would be the next uh, Kenneth Branagh or we'll go back to the 40s and 50s and 60s maybe Laurence Olivier or uh, Richardson or some of the great actors uh, some dead some not uh, and he thought he could get the break he was trying to be like the red graves and he was aiming for the sky aiming for the stars was desperately trying to get the break and like I say he was pretty good has some big parts in soap operas his wife had a very good job and the truth were known his wife was subsidizing him he was uh, working in theaters around London working uh, bit parts like they say didn't pay much money of course but he had expectations he was desiring to be the next great Hollywood star but he didn't quite have it didn't quite have it And here Haman is expecting something wonderful. Look at verse 6. So Haman came in, and the king said unto him, What shall be done unto the man whom the king delighteth to honour? Now Haman thought in his heart. There's your first problem, because our hearts are desperately wicked. To whom would the king delight? To whom would the king delight? To do honour more than to myself? Surely I am his most trusted aid. I'm just like Joseph, maybe he thought, I'm just like Daniel, maybe he thought, of course he's a Gentile, so it's unlikely he would have known about Joseph, verbatim from Genesis, or Daniel from the book of Daniel, but nonetheless, this guy's got dreams, he's got a higher view of himself, he thinks the king is going to reward him, going back to our old friend, I'm going to have the, I'm going to have the break, get the break, I'm going to be the next a star actor, I've got goals, I've got dreams, I've been to RADA, I've been professionally trained, and he had been good actor, like I say, but the break never came, his expectations were never reached, and last we heard he was driving a taxi around London. Heyman thought in his heart your heart is no good, it's desperately wicked, even after you are saved, it's still no good. That's why you are told and commanded to renew your mind each and every day. To whom would the king delight Delight to do honour more than to myself? Who else is there? He's asking himself. And Haman answered the king for the man whom the king delighteth to honour. Let the royal apparel be brought which the king useth, useth to wear and the horse that the king rideth upon and the crown royal which sets upon his head and let this apparel and horse be delivered to the hand of one of the king's most noble princes that they may array the man with all whom the king delighteth to honor and bring him on horseback through the street of the city and proclaim before him thus should it be done to the man whom the king delighteth to honor what a statement to make this guy had a real high view of himself And his words are going to come back to haunt him, like Matthew seven, twenty-one to twenty-three. Lord, Lord. But we prophesied in your name, we cast out devils in your name, we did wonderful works in your name. Lord, Lord. Surely we are the elect. Lord, Lord. Surely we are good Catholics. Lord, Lord. Surely we are decent charismatics. And he says to them, I never knew you, never knew you. Depart me that work iniquity. Verse 10 Then the king, and then the king said to Haman, Make haste and take the apparel and the horse as thou hast said, and do even so to Mordecai the Jew that sitteth at the king's gate. Let nothing fail of all that thou hast spoken. He must have felt sick as a parrot. He thought he was the most senior, trusted, respected aide in the king's kingdom. Going back to Nebuchadnezzar, who was also brutal, would put down enemies of the Jews, would force his subjects to respect the Jews, would bulldoze homes and people's properties. Of course, for the New Testament, it's the reverse. You are told to turn the other cheek. You are told to rejoice when you are spitefully used and abused. You are told to love your enemies. But we are way back in the Old Testament. A different dispensation, you see. Then took Haman the apparel and the horse and arrayed Mordecai and brought him on horseback through the street of the city and proclaimed before him, Thus shall it be done unto the man whom the king delighteth to honor humiliating absolutely humiliating you think of some of these music stars some of these top performers there was a british actress also in some top soaps and she went to america maybe seven or eight years ago and uh, she had high hopes of making it in hollywood bit like our friend in South London and she arrived in Hollywood like I say maybe seven or eight years ago and after maybe 18 months of living in Hollywood she was found in a shoe shop being a shoe shop assistant selling shoes to people humiliating and her peers back in back in the UK would have seen those photographs of this famous actress her family would have seen photographs of their daughter Friends would have seen photographs of their uh, their friend. Her friends would have seen photographs of their friend in this shoe shop in Hollywood, selling shoes, humiliating. She too had high expectations, great expectations. I remember hearing a story some years ago concerning one of my late relatives who was a solicitor and part of his daily uh, chores would be to read wills out concerning Deceased relatives. Some people would arrive in his office, and he'd open up the wills, the documents, and it would say, uh, "Mr. Such and Such has left such and such to such and such," or "Mrs. Such and Such has left such and such to such and such." And there were people standing around his table in his office, rubbing their hands with glee, hoping that they would do very well as far as the will uh, was concerned, only to be uh, made aware that there was nothing left to them they too had great expectations and occasionally fights would break out people start to argue start swearing start crying people were broken people were devastated nothing wrong with having a goal or a dream uh, like i say hoping for the best but also plan for the worst look at 12 and mordecai came again to the king's gate but haman hasted to his house mourning having his head covered so the jew is on the up the gentile is on the down or is declining john the baptist would say he must increase i must decrease as of right now the gentiles are running the world Uh, back in the old testament due to the sin of the jews the gentiles were running the world when christ came the first time the gentiles were running the world When he comes a second time the gentiles will be running the world or when he came the first time the romans were calling the shots when he comes a second time the romans in the uh, office of the papacy will be calling the shots 13 and haman told zeresh his wife and all his friends everything that had befallen him then said his wise men and zeresh his wife unto him if mordecai Of the seed of the Jews before whom thou hast begun to fall, thou shalt not prevail against him, but shalt surely fall before him, go to Acts chapter 5, this old friend of ours, an actor, had a uh, wife, a suffering wife, and she would have to uh, console him. For many years he put his acting career first, his family suffered, his wife was the main uh, breadwinner, he had a couple of sons, also from memory. And he was chasing the dream, but he couldn't get the dream. He was aiming for the skies or the uh, stars, like they say. But he wasn't getting anywhere. Acts chapter five. Acts chapter five. Uh, look at verse thirty-eight. And now, I say unto you, refrain from these men and let them alone. For if this for if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught. But if it be of God, you cannot overthrow it. Let's happily. You be found even to fight against God go back to Esther chapter 1 so the advice from uh, Haman's wife and friends is valid they knew that the Jews were God's chosen people and this is why it's always important for those of us which are born again to stand with the Jews to stand with Israel I will bless those that bless thee and I will curse those curse those that curse thee you have to stand with Israel you were told to pray for the peace in Jerusalem You don't have to get involved with the political affairs in tel aviv or the knesset or now jerusalem now it's been now the capital has gone back to being jerusalem but you can pray and you should pray for israel as a nation as a people and here zeresh haman's wife and his friends are aware that he's on the way out and mordecai is on the way up and they are now worried about what will take place verse 14 and while they were yet talking with him came the king's chamberlains and hasted to bring haman unto the banquet that esther had prepared it gets worse for haman i mean first of all he had this view of himself this goal this dream great expectations again that one day he would be promoted to great things that the tide would turn he would be promoted On top of that, his archenemy, Mordecai, has been elevated and he has been dethroned, if you will. But on top of that, he's got to go to the banquet, not in honour of himself, which he would have hoped for, but in honour of Mordecai, pitching a Jew about to be promoted. 7-1. So the king and Haman came to banquet with Esther the queen. And the king said again unto Esther on the second day at the banquet of wine, what is thy petition, Queen Esther? And it shall be granted thee. And what is thy request? And it shall be, and it shall be performed even to the half of my kingdom. Almost reminiscent, almost verbatim to Herod in the gospels concerning his wife and also her daughter. Then Esther the Queen answered and said, If I have found favour in thy sight, O King, and if it please the King, let my life be given me at my petition, and my people at my request. For we are sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be slain, and to perish. And that's been the sad story of the Jews pretty much since the beginning of their arrival on the scene. Abraham started off as a Gentile and became a Hebrew and even job was technically speaking a gentile job was persecuted terribly for 42 months and one of the books i was reading uh, the last couple of weeks was the book of job it's very interesting to see how the devil was used by the lord to uh, test try job but it also reminded me that satan isn't as all-knowing, as sometimes we give him credit for. Yes, he's very powerful. Yes, he knows far more than we do. Yes, he'll have no trouble crushing God's people. It could be Noah getting him intoxicated. It could be Peter getting him to cuss and curse and blaspheme. It could have been John Mark backsliding, not submitting to Paul's authority. It could have been the sons of Zebedee, especially John, calling fire down from heaven. It could be any of the greats back in the Old Testament, committing murder, adultery, polygamy, so and so forth. He'll have no trouble with you or me or anyone else when it comes to our weaknesses, our old natures. But he doesn't know everything. Yes, he knows that time is short, Revelation chapter one, and that his time is limited, Revelation chapter one. But when it comes to Job, had he known which way Job would have gone, had he known how Job would have responded to the trials and tribulations it's my belief that he probably wouldn't have played along with the Lord's game concerning Job and poor old Job was buffeted uh, tossed to and fro for 31 chapters 32 chapters, 33 chapters, of course Christ was 33 when he died and of course Job as you know is a picture of a Jew In the tribulation job is a 42 chapter book the antichrist is on the earth for 42 months christ was on the earth for 42 months the antichrist has an image jesus christ is god's image the antichrist's image goes into the holy of holies jesus christ dies and goes into the holy of holies far north satan It's a very clever and conniving counterfeit of Christ. We are sold, verse four, I and my people to be destroyed, to be slain and to perish. In a sense, like Christians today, an awful terror attack took place in Sri Lanka. Hundreds were murdered now for the most part they were Roman Catholic but you may have had a few Christians that were caught up in either the churches possibly although it's unlikely or the hotels Muslims hate Christians when I say Muslims I mean jihadi Muslims their main targets would be Christians and then Jews verse 4 again for we are sold I and my people to be destroyed to be slain and to perish but if we had been sold for bondmen and bond women i'd held my tongue although the enemy could not countervail the king's damage so the jews back in the old Testament, in the person of esther are being represented she is speaking up for her people and christians to speak up for themselves today we should speak up for those that are suffering around the world verse five then a the king ahasuerus answered and said unto Esther the queen, Who is he, and where is he, that durst presume in his heart to do this, uh, to do so? Excuse me, to do so. Who does he think he is? Who is the person in question? Tell me, who is doing this? Who is planning and plotting this? Of course, Haman is a picture of the Antichrist. Haman is a type of the devil. There are many back in the Old Testament, <clears throat> and here this king is coming. Good, Nebuchadnezzar started off bad but ended up good this is over in Daniel chapter 4 that he knew that God was God and the same would be true of uh, Manasseh he would uh, start bad but end good who is this that durst, presume in his heart, to do so? verse 6 and Esther said the adversary and enemy is this wicked Haman Then Haman was afraid before the King and the Queen, terrified, mortified, it's bad enough that Mordecai has been elevated, promoted, if that wasn't bad enough, he's now being publicly humiliated in the presence of his peers, going back to those two actors, one one was a friend, trying to make the big time, get the break, the other was that female actress trying to get the break or think about the uh, late relative of mine having to read people's wills in the presence of those that were in his office only to realize that they're being lied to remember being told a story, another, another story an interesting story about a woman who befriended another woman and this woman that had been befriended was an elderly widow wealthy elderly widow and she was uh, visited by another woman who was maybe a little bit younger uh, than she was And this woman would go to the widow's house on a regular basis she was homebound you see and she would take her uh, milk buy her newspapers just be a friend run errands for her keep her company when she was lonely and after maybe several years of friendship a friendship developing between these two elderly women the widow was getting older and she was saying to this other woman you'll be taken care of in the will i promise you you'll be looked after blah 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 and after maybe 10 years of friendship putting herself out for this elderly rich widow when she died the will was read and the woman in question had been left nothing not even a penny seven and the king arising from the banquet of wine in his wrath went into the palace garden and haman stood up to make request for his life to esther the queen he saw that there was evil determined against him by the king every mouth will be stopped and all the world will become guilty there will be people probably at the great white throne judgment that will be pleading with jesus to spare them to pardon them but it's too little it's too late people will die as they lived uh, lost and here haman is now desperate he realizes that time is up he realizes that things are going to go against him And of course back in the ancient world once you fell foul of the king it was off with your head look at verse eight then the king returned out of the palace garden into the place of the banquet of wine and haman was fallen upon the bed whereon esther was he's probably drunk intoxicated somebody once said that people drink to forget somebody once said to a famous comedian and what are you trying to forget and he said I've already forgotten and thought it was very funny but of course there's a lot of truth in that people do drink to forget Haman knows that his time is limited he's desperate, he feels humiliated no doubt his wife is present, his aides are present picture an unsaved man at the judgments he's about to go into hell forever then said the king would he force the queen also before me in the house old uh, Ahasuerus thought that Haman was attempting to rape the queen he was drunk he was intoxicated he was terrified his knees probably gave out he fell on on her bed hoping for clemency but it's too late as the word went out of the king's mouth this is powerful stuff as the word went out of the king's mouth they covered his face it's a picture of every mouth being stopped and all the world becoming guilty i mean think about it for one moment what can you tell the lord at the great white throne judgment if you're unsaved what can you tell him you've died as you've lived lost you haven't needed them all of your life you arrive at the judgment seats if you are saved but you haven't been a good christian post your salvation you've done things your way not his way, and he starts to judge you. You're still saved, of course, but you've got to explain yourself to him. What can you say to him? What can you do to pacify him? And the answer, of course, is nothing at all. As the word went out of the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face, everlasting fire. Matthew 25. The sheep going to the kingdom, the goats into everlasting fire and habona one of the chamberlains said before the king behold also the gallows fifty cubits high which Haman had made for Mordecai who had spoken good for the king standeth in the house of Haman then the king said hang him thereon. use his own gallows to kill him take the sword of Goliath and use Goliath's sword to kill him the altar picture of humiliation the weapons, the chosen method to kill Mordecai, has been used to kill Haman of course. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then was the king's wrath pacified. So Haman pictures an unsaved man, anti the Jews, Matthew 25, you visited me, You clothed me you did this and that for me off you go into the kingdom being the millennial reign you didn't visit me you didn't clothe me you weren't kind to my brethren Matthew 25 off you go into everlasting hell I will curse those that curse you but I will bless those that bless you so for the Christian to get a blessing from God to stay on the right side of God if he or she has any sense will be pro-Israel will pray for Jerusalem, will not be anti-semitic, will not be a part of replacements. Theology will be a defender, a believer of premillennialism because one day Christ will return and he will rule for 1000 years. So Ahasuerus is a picture of the church. Esther is a picture of Christ. Haman is a picture of the antichrist and mordecai is a picture of a faithful jew pre-christ and a faithful christian post christ nothing wrong with having goals dreams but be careful that they don't become great expectations be realistic don't get carried away like haman or like these actors that i've spoken about this morning or the woman who thought she would get a reward from the elderly widow or my late relative who was having to read out wills on a regular basis only to see people's faces just drop. People start crying, fighting, arguing, all because they had great expectations. And just a very quick PS, if you're not careful, uh, missed opportunities, failed dreams, crushed expectations, can cause people to become bitter, can cause people to fall apart at the seams, drown their sorrows, going back to Haman. Why was he drinking? He was drinking to forget. And of course he knew what he was trying to forget. But over in uh, Hebrews chapter 12, like verse 14, it says this, follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. In other words, if you are a saved person, and yet you aren't radiating holiness, happiness, peace and joy, if you're not representing Almighty God, in a sense like Mordecai was, or Esther, those all around you, won't see the Lord inside of you. Because he lives inside of us, of course. They will see someone like Haman. Looking diligently, verse 15. Lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled and go on to produce sins of the flesh, so on, so forth. So therefore, and quite simply and finally this time, be careful how you live. Be careful what goals and dreams you have. We've all had failed dreams and goals. I wanted to be a professional singer before I got saved. Came near, I think. to receiving the goal in the dream, but it wasn't to be. Unlike Haman, I wasn't bitter. Unlike Haman, I wasn't trying to crush someone like Mordecai who spoke up for his king, informed the king's lieutenants about a plot to assassinate the king, waited patiently to be rewarded. And of course he was eventually rewarded, whereas Haman was destroyed. But in the process of being destroyed Haman was jealous he despised Mordecai because Mordecai was a Jew and that's why Christians are also despised today because we represent the Lord we should be producing fruit holiness righteousness people should see Christ inside of us but again if we're not living the way that we should live post our salvation people don't see holiness they don't see holiness And as a result, they miss out on a blessing, as do we. But for some of those people, they may miss out on being saved. So be careful, be careful, please, how you live. Don't set your goals too high. And if opportunities have passed themselves by you, if you haven't reached your goals, so on and so forth, just keep going. Follow Mordecai, he carried on going at a great risk to himself. Even Esther said, if I die, I die. And of course also that accounts of Esther being elevated and Mordecai being elevated will be pictured at the marriage supper of the lamb. They continued to do right. They stayed faithful unto the end and all came good for them. Whereas their enemies were just destroyed, put into the pit, being everlasting hell, of course. So just keep that final thoughts in mind and i will sign up again this time for good and i wish you blessings and joy and bless you all in jesus name amen and